0: This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans. Hello, and welcome to the Back of the Nest Review Show. I'm your host, Mike Scott, in for Christopher Hamblin, And in this episode, we're going to look back at the 1 0 win at home against Newcastle and tackle a host of your questions. Uh, as Palace Pala stopped, the continued to drop down the table. We'll be back after this message. No paywall, no
1: subscription. Back at the nest, fan-created podcasts, videos, and articles, free forever. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu
2: items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Right, so yeah, we're going to try and keep it chirpy. We've got three points, uh, up to 33 points. Um, Leaves us nine points ahead of uh, the drop zone, so everyone's fairly chirpy. Let's talk to the people involved today. First off, um, I haven't been on a pub with you for a while. How are you doing, Si Pizzy?
3: I'm good, thanks, mate. really pleased to be back on and looking forward to talking about a win for a change. I woke up this morning actually buzzing after three points. That's not because of your butlin's holiday, you were just telling me about them. It wasn't because of that. I'm still exhausted from that, but I'm buzzing with a win. It just makes your whole weekend better, doesn't it, when you actually get three points.
0: Uh, it does. I mean, perhaps the, the alcohol consumed took the edge off it slightly um, and made me feel quite shit. But um, yes, otherwise, t- talking of which, uh, somebody that was drinking a fair bit of the game yesterday. Chris, how are you doing?
4: I'm very well uh, now. Thanks, Mike. Um, I Unlike say I wasn't um, feeling bright in the morning, but then I wasn't feeling anything in the morning because I didn't see the morning. That's how things are on Sundays after games, isn't it?
0: Certainly is for you, yeah. And, uh, and, and Luke, uh, this is your first pod uh, that isn't one of the transfer pods, so um, glad that your re- review show virginity has been taken. How are you feeling?
5: Feeling good, thanks, Mike. Uh, pleasure to be here. Uh, unlike you two, I woke up feeling bright and breezy, thanks to the excellent cough to I had before I went to bed.
0: Well, Mikey, producer Mike is going to have to come in with his first bleep, so f*** you. Um, okay, so... Um, let's crack on with uh, a few housekeeping uh, issues. First of all, uh, the Pitch app. So uh, the people at Pitch um, have uh, have sorted out working with us um, and basically the crux of their app is it's very cool. Um, you look forward to uh, the game by choosing your um, preferred 11, um, having a look what you think the score will be, sharing it round and then having a bet on it if you so wish, although you don't have to, um, which is one of the beauties of the app. Um, Usually, Hambo does um, a look ahead, um, but he unfortunately isn't feeling too great at the moment. Um, Sounds like he's doing really shit, actually. He's got uh, double vision um, and a bit of food poisoning as well, so hopefully he will get better in time for next week's very important review show after the Brighton game, but um, at the moment, he's bed-bound. But I did post my team, um, on the Pitch app and posted it on Twitter this week. Um, we'll go through that in a minute. It's, it's a lot of fun. Just get involved, download, download it from the uh, from the App Store or from the Android App Store. Um, and I'd say it's totally free. So uh, once a week, DR, or for some reason, they call him Michael. Uh, I'm not really sure where that is. Uh, he posts a video that gets posted on there, Discussing Palace. So if you'd like to see his uh, his beautiful mug on there, you can see that as well. Uh, Other than that, usual social stuff. Instagram, Back of the Nest, CPFC. Twitter, Back of the Nest. Facebook, just look up Back of the Nest as well. Um, Chiri's doing a a sterling job running that for us. Um, There's quite a lot of us don't seem to be on there anymore. Uh, YouTube, again, Back of the Nest, you can see the theme. Um, And if you'd like to email us as well, hi at backofthenest.com. Stick an email to us and you're bound to get read out because it is much rarer that we get stuff. Um, If you'd really like to be in our good books give us an itunes review it really really helps the show grow which it has been recently and that is great one other thing if you want to leave a uh, whatsapp message uh, people don't seem to be doing that at the moment um which is which is sad um, if you want to leave a happy drunk message or a very sad message um just add this number to your phone uh, and when you've had a few drinks just send a message you won't have to chat to any of us anything like that you can just leave a voicemail um, so if you're um very unsociable like me then it's perfect so just stick 0203 575 1266 in your phone uh, and we will play your clips so let's get into the lineup uh, and we'll discuss it via um, my pitch team prediction so um had done one and then i did one myself um my well I, i didn't know whether to go with what i wanted or or what um I thought that we um, would go with so I went with kind of a bit of the two Guaita in goal obviously um, a back four of Ward, Dan, Cahill and Van Arnholt which I don't think will be anyone's first choice back four but um, A they did a great job and B we weren't left with a lot of people after injuries. Um, my midfield uh, I wanted Cuarte, Luca, and then MacArthur in front of him with a front three of Townsend, Zahar and Ayu. Um so, hambos was quite similar, but he wanted tecky in the team, which is fair enough because he had a great game um, against Everton. But let's let's discuss what um, what we were thinking when the the first eleven did actually come out at two o'clock. Uh, start with you, Chris.
4: Well, um, I, I was stood with you enjoying a uh, pint when that when that team came out, and you started reading it out, and the disgust in your voice was a. I would say sight to behold, but it was a you know a sound to hear. it I, th- I think a lot of us were very, very disappointed that Townsend wasn't starting. but on the other hand, you know, I mean, I think the key thing about that lineup was it was it was a very predictable lineup. once once you know in retrospect that Luca had an illness issue and that's why he wasn't starting, um I would have expected him to play otherwise. We'll come to um how that actually shaped up on the pitch. but, you know, my expectations on that was, oh good, we were setting up to you know be 0-0 at 75 minutes and chase the game as usual. Um, so, not all that happy at that exact moment.
3: We all know how Roy's going to set his teams up, don't we, now? And he's he's very fond of McCarthy and McArthur. Those two will, I think, now be guaranteed places for the rest of the season if they're fit. So, it wasn't a surprise. And it's funny because Townsend didn't play much before his injury. You know, he, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons, so that wasn't a surprise either. And, and as I said, Benteki played well, so I thought he'd be in there. So I wasn't surprised to see the team. But again, like most people, I was disappointed to have a lack of flair um, on, on in the team. But it's to be what we expected. I suspect.
0: Well, funny enough, it did seem like we actually had some flair because of what the Newcastle gave us plenty of space. But let me ask you uh, something, Luke. And this is a question that's come in from Rob Leonard. Thank you, Rob. Thank you to everyone that's messaging. We can't read them all out. Um, It's not that your questions are any less good than the the ones uh, that we've chosen. It's just that they tend to fit in uh, with what we were going to discuss anyway. But we do read them all. We do do comment and discuss them between us on WhatsApp, between ourselves, if we don't talk about them on air. Uh, But Rob Leonard has said has Roy become tired of Andros' one-dimensional play? Um, so what do you think about that, Luke?
5: Well, uh, when he was uh, when he was left out, Mike, I know what you thought of it. There was a lot of Fs, a lot of blinds um, going on. But okay, I love mean. Andros Chanzo. I, <laughs> I love Andros Chanzo myself. I think uh, he's been special for, for Palace um, over the years since we signed him from Newcastle. But let's be honest, this season... Has not been his best season for us. I think he uh, he has been in a kind of position where he's had to track back a lot down the right. Um, he's 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 covered. I mean, he made Wambasaka. Let's be honest, Townsend made Wambasaka, and I think now he has to cover a lot for Ward. He feels he needs to cover a lot for Ward. Doesn't get forward into the attacking um, positions, and because he's playing on the right, he's left-footed. He, you know, he tends to, to to cut inside and try and deliver with that with that left foot, but a lot of the time from from too deep. Being honest, um, this season. So if you go back a couple of seasons, when um, the second half of Roy's first season, when he was playing out of necessity, Wilf and and um, Andros up front as a front two, and Andros kind of almost like the number ten in that in that situation. Andros was a lot more effective. I think it's just his his positioning on the field and and the and the system we play affects him a lot. Um, I wasn't surprised to see him um, benched, to be honest with you. Um, and as it turned out, it looked like a bit of a good decision. So um, not going to say too much more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I, I think any decision that Roy made was totally vindicated in the performance. Um, I mean, we can talk about how Newcastle let that happen a little bit later. But um, so, I mean, it's, it's a really good point. Do, do, I mean, the midfield didn't seem that that negative yesterday. Um, in after watching the game, um, but it did seem r- relatively defensive-minded um, at, at two o'clock. Um, now let's discuss that, and let's also ask um, the question about whether Luca would would get his place back next week for the Brighton game if he was fit. Um, Chewy, who uh, helps run the, the the website, has asked um, has this season exposed Luca and and on current. Conf- Current form without his penalties, does he offer us enough to to warrant being back in the side? Um, let, let's see what you think about that, sorry.
3: Si. I think there is there is no way that if Lucas fit, he's not in that team. Again, he's one of that triumphant. I think that Roy has a lot of faith in McCarthy, MacArthur, and Luca, Does he deserve to be? I probably don't think he, he does. Actually, on his form this season, he's not been the Luca of last season. Whether that's been tiredness or it's it's been the system that's slightly changed, but. I think he will definitely be in there if he's fit, but he probably doesn't deserve to be. And I think, you know, Roy shouldn't change the team that won at the, at the, at the weekend, uh, potentially. So, you no, know, but I, I suspect he will be back. I think we all know he will be if he's fit. I mean, that's a
0: great point, M- McCarthy. For me, probably had one of, if not his best game in a Palace shirt, um, and he—you'd say—he'd be very harsh to be dropped after that performance. What do you think was it about our midfield um, that succeeded yesterday? Um, I mean obviously we, we, we had 18 shots on goal and, and, and only scored one and, and that's an issue but it wasn't that the midfield didn't create plenty so what no, was the, it that was succeeding?
3: No I think it was the fact that they started higher up so their starting positions were higher up the field and it was the same against uh, Norwich uh, earlier on in the season and I think against West Ham in the second half we, they, they were at least five or six places up the field in comparison to where they had been in other games and I had the feeling the atmosphere was awesome on Saturday and you could really feel it coming through. And, and I felt that it was had that feeling of that Norwich game back in Pala FA Cup run season where we had to get something out of that game. I think we really had to get something out of that game. And I think to be honest with you, the players felt felt that as well. And they were all a bit further up the field.
4: I think the attacking intent is the absolute key here. And I mean you could see a bit of a discussion happening on the when when we posted on the on the back of the nest Facebook uh, page we asked to ask people if they've got any questions for us and one of the questions came from jeff warren which was are we a better look looking more forward passing team without Luca?" and then on on that note liam talbot made quite a quite a sarky comment but you know, why on earth did we choose to play quick positive forward thinking football with attacking intent it's not normal and we won as well hold on a minute so the, the key thing there was, as Saez as said, it, it's positioning, but also there was a, a real willingness to run forward. You know, Very, very early on like in the first couple of minutes, Kiarte is making a run and calling for the ball. And that happened throughout the first half. And you could see that you know they were really up for this and really trying to take the game to opponents, which I've not seen us do in the first half of the game for a very long time. So it was a real contrast with how the side looked on paper compared to what we saw on the pitch.
5: Yeah, I think that's that's right. The starting positions helped, but it was the intent to press high up the field in the first half uh, that got Newcastle on on the back foot, and with um, Kiati and um, and James McArthur really really pressing um, high up and looking to win the ball back and then create better quality chances for um, uh, for for Wilf um, Christian and uh, Jordan Nieuw, it looked. I mean, I hesitate to say this, but it looked like a, a, a sort of a Palace version of, of um, Liverpool's Gagan pressing, um, where we really were, with our front three, able to, to give them, get them the ball much, much higher up the field, where we know we've struggled to work it out from the back and get into those attacking positions. So I think the high-pressing, high-energy um, midfield was, was absolutely critical to, to uh, the victory yesterday.
0: Yeah, I mean... I think what's also key is that Newcastle seem to come out with absolutely opposite intent. Um, I was having a look at their heat maps on whoscored.com, um, which is a very useful resource for looking at this kind of thing. Um, and some of the... I mean, you take Joel Linton. Um, I'm not sure how you say his name. Joel Linton, however it's pronounced. Um, he was... If you look at his heat map the vast, vast majority was in, was in the, the central third and, and almost as much um, in his in their defensive third as, as in our attacking third. So um, for whatever reason, we either pushed them back or they just totally didn't come out with the right tactics. And I, I do feel um, that is one of the bigger issues because um, I think the thing that many people have discussed um, is that Wilf was given more space um, possibly than, than any other game I can remember this season. Um, If we go to a quote from uh, a question or comment from King Louis on Twitter. Um, Thank you very much, King. Um, He wanted to discuss how this game saw Wilf get a little more room to operate. Um, A large amount of creative play as a result. Um, I got into great spaces as well. Um, Obviously, he probably should have scored. And uh, he went on to say that we probably should have scored three or four. But um, it did seem that uh, our attacking three were given an immense amount of space and I think that probably was because Newcastle seems to be playing about 10, 10 yards further back than perhaps they should have done.
3: I think that was partly to do also with the fact that we didn't seem to have our usual game plan which is pass to Wilf plan A, pass to Wilf plan B. It felt like we were attacking through all elements of the pitch and that probably was because Newcastle's starting position. But, but I think fundamentally it was also due to the attacking intent as Chris said and, and, and I think that meant that Wilf had more space because they were worried about other players other than just Wilf on this occasion. Which, if we can carry that form on, then bodes well for the rest of the season. But I think that was probably one of the biggest reasons for Wilf having more space.
0: I mean, we were pretty attacking minded against Everton as well. It just um, Gary Cahill had his worst worst game in a Palace shirt. Um, so, as as Roy rightly pointed out in the um, in the post match interview, well, he said he said that we played similar against Sheffield United as well. I'm I'm really not sure that's true, but um, he pointed out that we had similar creative intent um, against Everton. Um, And maybe it's it's a good point now to go on to um, the chances that we missed. Um, I I mean, I can think of a a load off the top of my head. There were some that were excellently stopped. Dan's header, which sort of brought me back to a few years ago when he was the attacking threat um, that... We knew he can be. Um, And then the misses from Benteke, which was uh, fairly unforgivable, and and IU that probably held on to the ball too long and and shot it slightly wide. So should we have killed the game off a little bit earlier, do you think? I mean, or are we perhaps asking too much after two months without getting a win? We won um, and we maybe won a little bit ugly and that's all we can really ask for against a side that we usually only end up having a 1-0 win or a 1-0 defeat against. Uh, what do you reckon to that, Lee?
5: Yeah, the um, I, I made a note in uh, from the, f- the first half rewatching the rewatching the game. I think we had five chances on um, on goal in the first half, aside from the actual uh, PVA's actual actual goal. Um, all of them, uh, all of the, the the real quality chances. Uh, sorry, there was five chances that PVA created and two others. Um, so five chances from PVA set pieces in the first half. Uh, uh, Cahill missed uh, missed one early on. and there was the Dan chance, Benzeki chance. I think Cahill uh, had a chance at another, and then PVA scored. There's a couple of other chances, um, but the the impact that PVA set pieces made in that first half were absolutely unbelievable. And we should have we should have scored. Um, Ben Teke's chance, particularly, I thought, was 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 unlucky because um, unfortunate for him, because we'd all love him to, to score, and he actually played well. Fair play to him; he did play well. Um, but we've got to put chances away. We've got to put the chances away. We should have we should have been two three nil up at time in that game. And how many games have we le- been left ruin at the end where we've got a draw, and we should have won, or we've lost when we sh- should have got a draw because of the failure to put away the chances. And well, I sort of feel we got away with it um, on Saturday. I think we we weren't um, we weren't any better. It was just that little bit of luck, one way or another, um, that got us over the mark because we played well before and not got the point.
0: Yes, we certainly have. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was quite annoyingly, um, Newcastle played some mind games before the start of the, the game. Obviously, won the toss, didn't accept the uh, to kick the ball off. They Asked to change in, so that we were shooting towards the home in the first half, and um, perhaps that came to bite them in the arse because um, I was beginning to think that we wouldn't score any. Um, and then, you know, we know our record at the White Horse Lane ends this season um, has been absolutely abysmal, one goal or something ridiculous. Um, so it's actually fairly good, despite the Sh- shouting the C word several times at them when they when they made us change ends. Um, it might have just helped us along. Um, and certainly, let's have a quick word about the atmosphere. Um, I might ask you this, Si, because obviously you were watching it from, from afar, but I felt because there was more on the pitch, simple as, people got involved with with, um, with the chance f- from E-Block um, and it did feel like it, it stretched around. Um, there were still times when it seemed a little bit quiet. Um, it didn't seem like the the Arthur homestay integration is working at all um but it did feel like the atmosphere was as good as it's been for or oh, good three months Wait, how did it feel on tv so it
3: came it came across really really loud it it was really as if you know the the, the ground was rocking and and, and we, on 606 on saturday night it was really weird it, you know the first quarter of the night was a palace fan and he he was saying how it was the best atmosphere for years um, at, at the ground and it Genuinely thought it was an excellent, excellent game. I mean, in terms of the he, he was wrong. Um. <laughs> it was. It, I think he probably was a bit overexcited to be on on six oh six. To be honest, but he, but it, he, but, it, but it did sound very, very good. And I, I had a feeling before the game; it felt like that Norwich game where I genuinely think if we hadn't got anything out of that game, I think the omens wouldn't have been very positive for us. Um, so I, I think it, it, yeah, the ground felt like it, it. It was sort of buzzing from a point of view, of knowing how important the game was, and. The blocky looked awesome on the TV. It always does, and I think I saw you on there anyway. But but that was which was, was a pleasure. But it, it was it was a good atmosphere, I think, and it, probably one of the best ones this season, I would say.
0: Well, I guess that's what comes from being uh, being six foot five. Let me ask you, uh, so because I know you're not someone to break the law. Were you watching a totally legal stream then?
3: I was. I was. Yeah, I, I was in a venue that was showing multiple games. So I can only assume that they were showing uh, they, they they were legal. I mean, I can't comment on their legality. I I've checked. I think I'm okay to be in the room, but I, but I think it was it was it seemed quite reputable. So I can only assume it was, but but that might be my naivety. But yeah, I'm I'm hopeful it was because otherwise, they might they might, they might be in trouble.
0: Yeah, I, I think that might be your naivety, um, but yeah, fair enough. Um, and so uh, one of you gentlemen that was there. Um, Do do, do you think that, uh, it's a horrible cliche, but do you think that we made the 12th man yesterday, or was it just a case of reflecting what was on the pitch?
4: I think I spoke on this um, yesterday itself and said that, you know, any good Marxist understands that, you know, the economic base determines the cultural superstructure. And in, in football terms, that would be that, you know, the performance leads to what you then hear and see in the background that said I think people were really up for it I mean that the Ultras had done their Primal Scream um, thing in the uh, Homestead stand uh, just before kickoff so they, they'd had an, an hour-long tribute to the DJ um, what well, the music producer Andrew Wetherill. Um so they, they played an hour of his stuff and that really got, got people going as well before they went down into the section to you know make make their singing contribution in support Reviews, predictions, comments, and rants.
1: Send us your voice clips on WhatsApp. 0203 575 1266 Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, serving times, delivery fee, and terms
2: apply. See mcdonalds.com About how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: The discussion point. Apparently, uh, it feels like our corners and free kicks have mostly been poor since Goodbye left. Uh, as have the uh, the songs since Goodbye's song has sadly sadly gone as well. Uh, the best the best Palace-related song of all time, in my opinion. Um, and certainly, it's been bad since Lucas dropping form. Uh, but both the corners and free kicks looks dangerous. Um, that is definitely the case. So Roy said, the plans were exactly the same as they have been. We repeat that every week, and we walk through it on the training ground. The thing we need to understand about set plays is it depends on the quality of the delivery. and That's pretty obvious, isn't it? Because you have you can have all the organisation and all that work, but without delivery, you're wasting your time, and you need players to get on the end of it. Now, that's slightly juxtapositioned with um, PVA's post-match interview um, on Palace TV, where they said, how often have you been practising that? And he said, never. So, I don't know what that says, um, but it certainly felt like, you know, as soon as the corners came in and they looked dangerous, that Dan header, that kind of thing, that's exactly the kind of thing that gets the uh, the crowd rolled up. So, with Luca having dropped in form, and I think we can all agree he has, A, will PBA keep them next week? I hope he does. Um, And B, do you think that will be a massive help for us? Because we went from being one of the best teams for set pieces to one of the least prolific. Um, And I think that that's going to be a huge asset if we can carry on that for the next 11 games.
3: My only hope is that Roy doesn't tend to change things minus the lineup when things have worked in the game before. So you, you hope that potentially he'll keep PVA on, on the set pieces. But I, I can genuinely, part of me thinks Luca will just slot into everything if he's, if he's well enough. And that includes the set pieces. But we can only hope that PVA does, does keep them. Because actually, I thought, he, I thought he had a really good game on that front.
4: I think the other the other thing to notice is, is McCarthy took at least one corner. That was one of the early ones where Cahill got his uh, head to the ball, but it was saved. So, you know, there there were options there on on the pitch yesterday with regard to who was actually going to be you know taking that taking those kicks. Um, with the, with the free kick itself, you had uh, James McArthur was hovering over it as well as PVA. Although I think it was fairly clear that PVA was the one who was going to actually hit that. He had another one where he put a cross in as well. So I think it's it's absolutely clear that it that we've got options. It depends where on the pitch the ball falls it seemed to me that actually uh pva was taking corners from the right hand side whereas it was uh on the left that um it was being taken by McCarthy. you know i might be wrong about that but it was definitely one side of one and one the other so you know i'm i'm quite excited about that
0: that's that's a good spot because it, it's good to know um that you could have an in swinging or an outswinging corner come in, um and not the, the other team not automatically know which way it's going to come in so um, that is that is a big advantage um look, reading between the lines of of Hodgson's post match interview he um he did very much talk about a sort of communist way uh, everyone shares he didn't say Luca was the set piece taker he referred to PVA as one of the set piece takers um, and it didn't sound like there was any kind of hierarchy which is um, which is surely a good thing because if someone's out of form. Um, or if it's the wrong side, then to have someone else to take it seems the obvious way to um, to confuse the, the opposition. I, I, just changing stuff up. I mean, I'm a huge cricket fan and, and just going sometimes from round the wicket instead of over that kind of thing. It, it can make a difference. And when people have been talking about staleness recently, it's just one of the easy ways of, of making sure that it isn't quite as stale as, as maybe it seems.
5: Why has Luca been taking all the set-pieces then for so long, even when PBA's been on the field? Because Luca hasn't taken a decent set-piece, in my view, for well over 12 months. He doesn't look dangerous at all from corners or free-kicks. And PBA's there. We know that he's got that uh, quality. And if there's no hierarchy, as Roy seems to allude to, why hasn't PBA just taken the ball and said... Yeah, I'll skip. Can I ever go? Because I kind of
0: feel like um, if there was to be a confrontation between Luka and PVA, it would be even more one-sided than uh, Fury and Wilder. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably got something to do with it. Uh, no, I, 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 just, I, I just don't think that that's... Um, you know, Hodgson's a traditionalist and, and he probably plans... He trains through the week to make sure that they verbatim copy what he's been trying to do. Um, And, you know, uh, with the greatest respect, players aren't always that great at thinking on their feet. And and to have stuck with a plan, that's good. And if you you change the plan for it to to be different places on the pitch and and corners and free kicks being different people, then it will still be the same rigid thing that he's practising day in, day out. it would just be involving more than one person. Um, And we can safely say that Hodgson is sometimes slow to make changes. And it seems to me that that's just another one of those examples.
4: Important to note, though, that when he does make enforced changes, they often work out for the best. And, you know, sometimes they're things that people have been calling out for for ages, and other times they're things that you'd think, oh, no, you know, I'm really not sure that's going to work. But there weren't many people who were calling for Readerweld to come in and, you know, play start, start games. But when he came in and covered for PVA, you know, I personally was disappointed to see he wasn't starting. On Saturday, I think manager was completely vindicated in picking PVA. But anyway, the key key thing I wanted to say about this was that in Roy's interview um, post match, he also confided that PVA had offered to take a penalty if such an opportunity arose. So he clearly was really up for you know taking any opportunities to help the team and to uh, you know show what he can do for the for the club. And, and that's again really good to have those options there for the future and certainly for this game as a one-off.
0: Yeah, he, he certainly doesn't shy away from um, putting his neck out when when needed, and that's that's a good thing. Um, with the gyro ins- uh, the issue, I mean, um, I forget who it was, but I was having a discussion with someone on Twitter who who said that they wanted to see gyro playing midfield, and um, I think that's probably too forward thinking for for Hodgson. Um, certainly, when we've only got three midfielders, um, and that that brings up the conversation this week um, about the fact that it sounds like he's going to sign a new contract. So um, let's just have a, a quick word from each of you on on how you feel about that. Um, there's no details other than he said that him and him and Steve um, have had a chat about it and uh, he's been given the contract and he's, he's going to give it to his solicitors to have a look through. So um, each of you starting with si, um, just just a quick word, a quick sentence about what you think that means and whether you're happy with that.
3: I am really pleased. I'm an unreserved Roy fan. I get a lot of stick for it on Twitter, sometimes personal, like all of us do, but I'm a massive Roy fan. I think he brings us stability and mid-table mediocrity. And for a Palace fan, that's more than enough for me.
5: Yeah, I agree 100% with Sai. I'm a massive Roy fan. Yep, yeah, going <laughs> to get a lot of stick for that. But from outside, everyone from outside the club will tell you what a great manager Roy is. It's only from within the club we think. Well, we should be kicking on. The football's not all that attractive. At home, yeah, it's it, it has been difficult to watch at times. But mid-table mediocrity, another season in the Premier League for those of us you know who who spent most of our time watching Palace in other leagues. You know, it's great.
4: Quite boringly, I agree with the other two, but I will just highlight the. I do understand the frustration sometimes with the turgidness of some of the displays that we have to watch. You know, if you think about, you know, when when you choose to travel the length of the country to watch us lose 1-0 to Newcastle or, you know, a fairly abject um, defeat against Everton, apart from a 10-minute flurry, you can really understand that frustration and the feeling that we should be doing better than we are. Um, certainly in terms of the prettiness of the display you know on the other hand when I look at other clubs talking like that you know especially I'll, I'll think of one example wet spam Yeah, you know, when they're talking about the West Ham way you know I'm looking I'm thinking generally look at the league table now they've obviously they, they've tried to kick on they've got a uh, manager who tried to play something a bit prettier and they're now in a pretty precarious position based on some disappointing results so you have to be really careful what you wish for I'm happy to see a new contract on offer to Roy. And, you know, I I, I look forward to another season of mid-table mediocrity. That works for me.
0: Well, it, we're often accused on this show of um, leaning towards the status quo, uh, being nice to Parrish, being nice to Hodgson. So it's great to see that uh, people that make that accusation are totally vindicated uh, by all three of you agreeing with that. Um, I think the one thing I would say um, is that Right now, we've got 33 points. Um, We've got three very willable games on paper, obviously. Um, Brighton, you never know what's going to happen, but uh, Watford and Bournemouth. So, conceivably, we could have 42 points after that. Conceivably, we could have 33. But um, I've talked about it before. I I don't think we have a stronger squad as some people make out that we do. Um, I think we can safely say, we were discussing it yesterday, Max Meyer's not quite come up to the level that we thought he would. Um, we've got what, 19, 20 outfield players uh, on the books. So um, if we can improve on on that in the summer, great. But at the same time, I would say perhaps one of Hodgson's absolute weaknesses is he seems to um, have quite a say in looking for players that don't seem like they're going to um, make make everyone happy, uh, you know, come out with... Incredible runs, that kind of thing, because he likes the dependable solid players, especially ones that he's worked with before, so um my my one comment on that would be um we might end up with a bit more of that um I, I know you're willing to talk about this more uh gents, but I think we'll we'll push on because um we could talk about that all day um and we've probably talked about it before and we'll talk about it again. Um, but what we will talk about is the winter break. Has it made a difference? um Roy said, I think it helped. Uh, We used it for what it was intended for, to get family away and forget about football. Um, Of course, we can give them a physical programme, but they're professional and they're allowed to follow it diligently. And they are all allowed it diligently. There was a bounce in everyone's step and I thought it was shown in their movements and some of the play today. Um, Definitely agree with that. They look sharper. Um, Wilf looked sharper. IU particularly, uh, I thought, had one of his better games um, being as well, one of his better games playing um, on the right wing because I don't feel that that's his favourite position. Um, I thought he got a lot out of the game um, and Newcastle gave him a lot of space and he looked very sharp. Um, so it did feel like we benefited from it. Um, the counter-argument is that surely every other team benefited from it as well um, and you'd expect there to be a, an open game and perhaps a, a 1-0 win didn't show that. Um, but do you think it made a difference? Do you think we had a knackered side? You know, we've got a, a smaller squad than most. Um, and, and did it show um, having two weeks off that we looked better?
4: We've looked really tired for a while. And, you know, a large part of that is because our squad is thin. We've had a lot of injuries. And so, and also the way that Roy tends to rely on the same players rather than, you know, rotating members of the squad means that, you know, players in to be, get tired. People like James MacArthur in particular have looked very, very tired of late. And, you know, he, he really looked so much brighter. I also think obviously part of that is the setup and the fact that they'd clearly been told to chase every ball, to press high, you know, so the setup was different. But I mean, the other thing I think I'll say about this, this winter break is I think they've got the balance quite right. I don't normally say much in support of, you know, the football authorities, but you know, we didn't have a weekend without football. You know, there was they had two mini breaks effectively. So you know, one, you know, there were th- what three or four games over a weekend, last last weekend and three or four the weekend before that. So you know, that managed to get the balance right for for me in terms of not disrupting the program, not leaving you know a huge gap in you know a lot of uh, people without souls weekends. You know, I'm speaker's one. You know who definitely feels the impact when there's when there's a break properly like that, um, but it allowed us to refresh, and I thought I thought we looked a lot brighter for it.
0: Well, let me um, be devil's advocate and ask you this: side. I felt that uh, Newcastle looked brighter in the last fifteen minutes, than they did in the rest of the game. So, Maxim, especially um, across from, across from Rose. rows. Um, so, I, I mean, I know they ended up with ten men at the end when they were pushing pushing for it and, and we'll get onto that in a minute because I can't believe that they weren't down to 10 before that but um, we usually finish strongly so um, there was Advocate, um, did we perhaps overshoot a little bit and, and and run too hard for the first 75 minutes?
3: I think you're probably right Mike, I think we probably did overshoot in the first 15-20 minutes of the game, I think the break probably would have had a massive impact mentally And not only that, I think it might have contributed to the fans' atmosphere as well, because I think all of us needed a bit of a break from the run of form we were on. So I think for us, probably rather than fitness, probably potentially the biggest gap, the biggest impact of the winter break was mentally. And I think that's what Roy referred to in his interview as well, about having the impact mentally on the players was probably more important than the fitness.
0: Yeah, that's a a great point. Um, Mentally, and, and especially if... If he does hammer them in training all week long, as uh, we're led to believe that he does, they probably could do with a week out. Um, Luke, can we can we get on to the, the yellow cards for Newcastle and, and how dirty they were? Because they're not usually a side I associate with being um, the kind of people that do tactical fails and that kind of thing. But I, we, I, we were discussing it at the time and I was absolutely stunned that they managed to have 11 men until the last couple of minutes of the game. So, um, do, do you feel that it worked for them? Um, was it something that we were just perhaps being a bit biased about, or were they genuinely really lucky to only end up with ten men?
5: I think, to be honest with you, we had a couple of players on the, on the field there that were just too good for Newcastle. Um, I thought Wilf, um, he didn't have it. You know, a sort of mind blowing game that we know that Wilf could have, but he was he certainly had them in uh, in knots. And um, you know, not you've alluded to it, Mike, but my man of the match was was. Um, I thought he played the role of a, of a kind of the player that we lacked, which is that midfield playmaker, but he played it from the right-hand side. He received the ball in tight areas, often dribbled past three, four players, and then played a nice pass. I think they just got, you know, with the pace that we went at them and some of the skill of our players uh, and, and the, the good movement, um, and the strength of Benteke, I thought he, he, he certainly held the ball up well. I think they got frustrated and, and they were lucky to uh, to get as far as they did um, with 11 people on the field. But do you know what? I'm getting bored of, of saying this. Every single game I seem to see us playing, the referees are dreadful. Dreadful. Uh, we get no protection whatsoever. And I don't know why that should be, even against the small clubs you know, we don't seem to get the protection. It's like the referees, you know, maybe this is, you know, every club, every club's fans say this, but I just can't see the standard of refereeing being what it being right, certainly not for us, but certainly not uh, at Sellers Park. So, um, yeah, I think it was a combination that we were a lot better than them. And also the referee, again, didn't give us the protection that we needed.
0: Well, I mean, I'm sure people won't want to Go on about referees and, and VAR too much. I mean, I was driving back home today, a couple of hours, listening to Simon Jordan go on about VAR, um, and it's just it's just a never ending debate, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I know that um, our referees failed the, the fitness test recently for uh, for a FIFA thing, so um, yeah. I mean, we can go on about that for ages, but we won't we won't bore people. Um, great great point about uh, IU being man of the match. I think he was for me. Um, and what's interesting is i you know found out this week that he's he's on thirty-two and a half thousand pounds a week, um, the lowest the lowest in our squad. Um, and at two and a half million, um, you know, he's keeping Andros Townsend out, who I'm sure many other clubs w- would like to sign. So um he has been an absolute revelation and continues to be, even in a position that perhaps we didn't buy him for. Um any other comments on on the game in general before we get on to a couple of stats and uh, comments from social media gents
4: just a very quick one on the subs um so i mean you know you were talking a bit earlier on about how the how we looked tired you know and whether we'd actually chased the game a bit too much we often criticize roy for making early substitute or you know for not making early substitutions and for leaving it too late and that's usually our sarcastic comment, that it's so predictable that it's at 75 minutes. Well, in this case, the first sub and the last sub were on 89 minutes when Weld and Tosin came on for Kiate and for Benteke. So, you know, he left it even later. Um, it does speak volumes, I think, uh, that, you know, the team was performing well and that, you know, he was happy with what he was seeing on the pitch. You've already said that St. Maximan looked really, really good. And I think that's, that's true. And he was certainly giving us big problems. So it was good to have, you know, an additional muscle towards the end, but, um, you know, it's just noteworthy that, um, he seemed to be trolling us by doing an even later substitution than normal.
0: Uh, I think the, uh, the Towson sub was, was justified though, because he, he did do an amazing sliding tackle. Um, so, he played his defensive duty, which perhaps uh, is not something we'd associate with the man. Um, yes, uh, the subs were, were odd and, and I thought it was Andros Townsend coming on as well and I was punching the air realised it was Jaiver, who I'm always happy to see. But I think that just underlines that both of them have the best haircuts in the side. Okay, um, let's get on to a couple of stats, um, a couple of rather depressing stats. Uh, Chris has... Got these together for us. Very kind of him in Hambo's absence. Palace secured their first win in eight Premier League games. Um, and in those t- in that time had lost three and drawn four. So no wonder we we're all happy because we we're all getting a little bit nervous. I know realistically, especially after those three points, it's looking quite a world away between the bottom three and us. Um, but, you know, it's it's about the right time in the season that we get nervous. So... Uh, registered their first clean sheet in 11 games, 11 league games. Uh, And the last one was the 0-0 draw against Watford, um, which seems an absolute age ago. Also one of the worst games I've ever sat through. Um, Palace, nine shots on target, uh, more than any other... Uh, game this season um, that is that is quite an incredible stat it, it, the game did remind me of the, the Burnley game last season where I think they we had about 28 shots and they had two I was surprised to see that they actually had eight shots but um, obviously what counts as a shot must not mean that much because I don't remember them doing much at all um, and since returning to the Premier League Van Aanholt has scored 20 goals in the competition more than any other defender that is an excellent stat um, and he is an excellent player going forward. Um, so let's have a quick discussion of the uh, the social media stuff that's come along that we haven't yet talked about. Um, Stephen Barton said, in reference to Mr. Cadbury's parrots tweet, um, it's not often you get tweets of tweets. Uh, um, as Wilf does get doubled and triple marked, are we really making anything of the tactical advantage with the space that's created? It feels like we don't um I, I mean the game felt like it did to me um d- do we not make enough of what wilf does i mean is, is that's the simple the simple point of that question
4: i think historically we haven't this game showed a way in which we could you know if you actually instruct the you know the midfielders who've got the ability to run fast to be in a position where having drawn two or three defenders you know wilf can then touch the ball back into into the centre to someone who's running in, then absolutely that can skew the other team's defensive shape. I thought we did that quite effectively in this game. And IU, um I mean, it's it's worth saying that, you know, there, there was a similar um, tweet, I think, from King Louis again about the fact that IU got into some great spaces and probably should have, you know, scored at least one goal. That was covered in Roy's post-match interview as well, where he said that, you know, IU was particularly distraught not to have scored at least one of those chances but the most important thing is to just keep his morale up because you know with the number of chances he was getting he will score one sooner rather than later again because you know there were some really guilt-edged moments most of which he made himself through ridiculous runs where you wouldn't have expected him to find space and yet somehow he did
0: see that's what I love about Jordan I've got this vision in my head now of him crying into his pillow that he didn't score um and he's our Ghanaian prince for, for a reason. Um, there was a fair few comments about what what we'd what team we'd play next week uh, against Brighton. So I, I, rather than go through all those, I think I'll pass them over to Terence and the team. So we'll just go for one more question before we wrap up and have some any other business. Um, Leslie uh, on Twitter has said, is Friedman doing a good job? I'm 50-50. Now, I want to bring up the fact that Parish, in his interview this week, well, I mean, we haven't really discussed it because it's been discussed at length already by everyone on social media, but um, he mentioned one of the things or the thing he most loves about Friedman is that he doesn't pay any attention <laughs> to what anyone says. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, yeah, is Friedman doing a good job? And does that does that, is that something that would come up from a game like this? I'm not so sure that it's it's something that's immediately relevant to, to a 1-0 um, win against Newcastle, but what do you think?
5: So on, on my only other previous appearance on the transfer pod, I sort of I saw sort of slated their recruitment um, policy in quite harsh terms, um, and I, I'm not really going to go back on on that. I think I think it's worse than fifty fifty for me. I think it's seventy percent wrong. Too many of the players that we've that we brought in haven't fitted. system that the manager wants to play. You know, with the manager's now looks like he's gonna sign a contract for uh, a third season with us and with the exception of uh you know probably of of McCarthy um uh, probably IU have we signed players that are that are Roy Hodgson type players that are gonna add to the system and style of football uh we wanna play um Maya, Kamarasa, these type of players are not Roy Hodgson type players. We should have been signing um, wingers, um, or certainly, why haven't we managed to sign any fullbacks as, as, as cover? I think out uh, we seem to be just a little bit behind yeah. the curve on the uh, on the recruitment. I don't know if all of that is down to to, to Doogie. I certainly liked him as a player for us, um, and I don't really want to criticise him, but I don't believe that our recruitment has been. Has been quite up to standard. Just to
4: further prove Mike's point uh, about the people who um, dislike the you know, slavish loyalty of uh, some presenters, I'll say that some presenters on back of the nest. I'm now going to launch a bit of a defence here because I think it's really important to say, you know, that Duguid identified the right <coughs> defender to augment our options in the in the shape of Nathan Ferguson. He's got an injury that means that he wouldn't be in a position to play. Uh, for the rest most of the rest of the season if not the whole rest of the season and he's available on a free because he's out of contract at the end of the season so why we would pay money now for someone we know has a season-ending injury who we can get on a free in the summer I I completely see and and if you haven't seen the full Steve Parrish interview then it's worth a look there's plenty to agree or disagree with in it as it happened I agreed with most of it I thought it was a Pretty impressive performance, actually, considering people have been saying, "Where are you? Why are you not confronting the criticisms?" They, he took all of them head on, and you know, I, I thought it was an impressive performance myself.
0: Yeah, it's only sixteen minutes long. If you haven't watched it, um, it's up on Palace TV, and you can watch it in a quicker time that it would take Hambo to eat a double portion of mutton rolls. So, um just a bit of any other business before we finish. Uh, Want to mention the fact that the uh, the HF um, they collected uh clothes for uh, the Nightwatch charity to help homeless people in Croydon um, who are dealing with the, the freezing cold. Um got to give a mention to that. Incredible work, um a lot a lot of extra hassle on, on their on their own behalf, I'm sure, you know, dealing with the club, letting them bring clothes in, that kind of thing, collecting collecting stuff, staying staying out in the cold and, and waiting for people to bring stuff in. So really excellent. Um, it sounds as though people are very generous as well. So Good stuff and let's hope that, that that gets uh that gets through to the right places and, and helps people along. Um we also got to mention uh that Chris and Luke, I believe, are doing the uh, the, the sleep out at, at box parks ne- next month. Um so do you want to talk a bit about that one, Eah?
4: Yeah, I'll come in on that. So I mean it's in age of the homeless charity Evolve. Uh, which runs a number of supported living hostels in Croydon. I had the opportunity to visit them a couple of weeks ago. Um, so, you know, they do really good work and they they get people from, they take them from a, a really difficult position to the point where hopefully they can, you know, move on and live independently in the future. So, you know, it's, it's a really fantastic charity and, you know, we're really delighted to have the opportunity to be supporting this. Um, if you're interested in joining our team, you know, all you need to do is just drop us a message you can do that through the normal channels. Um, we're also hosting a quiz night at the Cronks Bar on Sunday the 15th of March. It's two quid a person or three quid if you can't come but want to donate. And the prizes uh, include donations from the uh, Cronks Brewery. So thank you very much to them for that. You can sign up to come to the quiz night at bit.ly, bit.ly so that's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Cronks Quiz. Hope to see you there. And um, yeah, I mean that's we're really looking forward to both that quiz night and then to a rather testing night in the conditions um covered so not as bad as if you were actually homeless but you know it's, it's gonna be a pretty difficult night because I imagine it's still gonna be pretty damn cold.
0: okay well I'll make sure that um, we post up on the socials about that regularly if you want to donate if you want to get involved then then please do um that's 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 really excellent stuff um so, I believe that also Luke wanted to mention uh, about Andrew Weatherill as well.
5: Yeah, I did. Uh, R.I.P. Um, legend of the music uh, industry. Um, I'm personally a particularly big fan of, um, of Primal Screaming. If it hadn't been for the requirement to uh, to consume fairly large quantities of, uh, of, of beer... Um, before the game i would have spent more time listening to the excellent uh, um dj set put on by the um Homesdale fanatics so uh yeah big up the um the hf for not only uh, their work supporting our local community and, and homelessness but also you know for for, for recognising um a different form of culture from from football and, and bringing that into the uh, into the homestel
0: I was actually unaware that he, he'd passed away. He uh, he produced my uh, my punk band's uh, first EP. I, I wasn't I wasn't in the band at the time, but um, they always had good things to say about him, and he was clearly very talented because he got a sound out of a, a band at the time probably <laughs> probably weren't that tight. Um, so yes, uh, rest in peace. Um, so only one thing left to mention: that's uh, please get yourself uh, a copy of the Pitch Up. Um, look up Pitch on. Uh, on the app store um, or the Android store Um, have a play with us you can can join us you can have a debate about whether we're wrong for the starting 11 that kind of thing Um, and there's generally plenty of uh, back of the nest coverage on that particular app Um, and as you probably know by now it's also uh, co-run by John Solarco. so yes excellent get involved Um, this week Love Sport will be back Wednesday 8 till 9 then uh, the preview show Terence and the boys will be looking ahead to The show that we're always shitting... The game that we're already shitting ourselves about, uh, Brighton Away, which will all be up on Saturday afternoon, far too early. So, in the meantime, thank you to my panel and thank you to producer Mikey for for dealing with that. Uh, And we shall see you again next week.
3: I can talk to you about how I got up at five in the morning and ran 24
5: miles this morning. (laughs) No, you can't do that. That's upsetting.
3: Uh, Honestly, honestly, it was... I, I, it was it, it's just ridiculous well, i listen, got to, to got to listen to the Fey and uh, Fae, the fury and wilder fight though that was pretty oh, cool. yeah. um but yeah now it was mental getting up was it took me three hours and 47 minutes of just running around um and yeah I, I had to like take a dump in a farmer's field which was pretty um disappointing um, stomach issues but um <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't record
4: it. I thought oh, we stopped. Fantastic. I we'd stop recording. With the new
5: deer. <laughs> this, is, this is this has got to go in. This has got to go no, in.
3: Don't put it in. Don't put it in. I thought we were finished.
2: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured, you're not alone. You've got your McNugget share
1: boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.